Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This week, we're going to talk some game news before jumping into a review of The Medium by Bloober Team, the team behind such psychological thrillers as Layers of Fear, Observer, and Blair Witch, as well as a little bit of some Hitman action, because Alex and Brian have both been playing Hitman. Uh, before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for their contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. The side quest today is uh, going to be pretty rad. It's going to be some video game Jeopardy action that Alex put together. Excuse uh, me, video game uh, quiz Video game show. quiz show, Yes. This is a video already, game quiz show. <laughs> I'm already going to get sued for using the music. So. <laughs> we hired Ken Jennings over Cameo for this, so it better be worth it. <laughs> I wish that was true. I should have done that. It would have been awesome to get him to do like a, an intro for it or whatever. Oh, um, man. Uh, all right. What else? Uh, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel using your free Amazon Prime subscription if you would like, or you can also pay for it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and part of the Patreon uh, side quest action also is the horror movie yearbook guys also do uh, bonus uh, episodes of their podcast as well to talk about other cool things. So check that out. The Patreon is awesome. Join the Patreon. It's going to be sweet. And as soon as I get the laser etcher up and rolling, I'm going to laser etch all kinds of shit and send it off to people. Nice. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Alex, uh, what, Brian? Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you want something, like, randomly laser etched with the MGNP logo, yeah, you can, we <laughs> can have that happen. You could send me the side panels of your PlayStation 5, I was and I will say, laser etch them for you. I did buy some of the black panels from that cmp shells company for 50 bucks so supposedly that's shipping this week and i could either send you those ones or my white ones to burn something into them so maybe i'll do that that'd be cool uh alex what uh what bumpers do you have for the network yes uh the horror movie yearbook boys did another bracket this week uh it is the they call it the worst of worst of the cursed bracket. So they talk about the lowest rated flicks from eight of the biggest franchises in horror. Uh, I'm sure it's quite good. I haven't listened to it myself yet. They also have a bonus episode available now for patrons called the Tiny Terrors, the Black Sheep Mini Bracket, where they talk about the Black Sheep from movies from four big slasher franchises. Oh, I thought it was that available. Chris Farley movie. Yeah, no, they, the four the weirdly horror-oriented sequels to Black Sheep. Um, but yes, go check that out. And then we also had an episode of the Midwest Film Nerds out in the past two weeks. Why? Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Those talked, guys? I thought they were all dead. Yeah, we, we yeah I resurrected them from the dead to, uh, to, to talk about where the movie industry is going and we also made some fake reviews of movies that would have come out in 2020 if the pandemic hadn't happened so yeah those were really funny i, I enjoyed it it was a good episode good. I, I wasn't when we were recording it i was like i don't know how good this is gonna turn out <laughs> but i think it came out okay and uh we're gonna talk about tenet this week so look forward to that sweet um yeah were all the the guys part of that episode or yeah, it was it was me, Tim, Willie, and Nick. Uh, this week, I think it's going to be me and Nick, and then we're trying to get a third to talk about Tenet as well. So we will we will see who is able to join us this week. Would you say I can you pretend I saw it? Tentatively, have a third. Yes. <laughs> John's I'll, joke is much better. I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a joke I would tell. Fair um. Yeah. I played Hades finally. Saw How that. was that? Uh what a what a rad what a rad game, man. I'm so what I you... feel so stupid I didn't play it sooner. <laughs> because it is it is honestly the perfect culmination, like combination of Diablo and Dead Cells. And mm-hmm. it and it like plays really well. It the artwork is incredible, the music is badass, the voice acting is fantastic. Um there's, I don't have a single bad thing to say about it because it's so good. 
What uh, what are you playing on? Are you playing I was on playing Switch on PC. PC? Because okay. I bought it was on sale on PC a while back, and I grabbed it. Like I, I mean, I probably bought it six months ago. Yeah, and, I remember and, you saying you bought it and didn't touch it because, yeah, because I'm an idiot. I should have played it sooner. It's fantastic. You, you missed out on understanding why we picked it for game of the year. No, well, that's the thing is like I, it, I'm. We ended up picking dead. We all picked Dead Cells as game of the year that one year, you know, and yeah, like Control yeah. would have been our game of the year. Or was our game of the year in 2019, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Like, yep. so yeah, we all tend to be on the same wavelength with that kind of stuff. So I get it. Like, I totally get. Like th- that game is, it's perfect. It's so good. It's so good. I'm a, the only thing I, I ended up getting this, uh, like the the like the Zeus like lightning power where it chains lightning mm-hmm. through your attacks. Yep. And the next after I died and started over and I didn't have that, I was like really bummed out because that <laughs> that is like when you're just in the fray of it and you're just like going crazy and dashing around everything and slashing and sending lightning bolts through all the enemies. Like it's just too cool, man. You don't even know the half of it. Yeah, I don't I like I, you, I barely I scratched the surface of the game because I kept dying as soon as I get to any first boss area of any sort. <laughs> like I have not, I have yet to beat any boss. Change. I've encountered three different bosses. No, two, two bosses, bosses, but one, um, three different like yellow bar enemies that are like a little okay. more powerful. Yeah, those aren't bosses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are just armored enemies. <laughs> but, uh, there there's some that kind of count as like mid-stage bosses, but yeah. they're they're not they're not anything really. Yeah, if there's like a little skull on the door as you open it, then that's usually what they call it. that's like a mini boss yeah. where there's it's more challenging enemies, but if, no. if you if you see a giant health bar, then you've You've come to a real boss. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, just so that you don't like fall off of it too hard, try and go for more of the darkness, which is like the purple drop currency. Cause to level up your character. That, yeah. Investing that stuff into the mirror of night is what's going to start helping you go further and further. And also, you'll just start getting used to like synergies between different boons and figuring out exactly how to like just make things click a little bit more. Um, but well, just the, I, I will like, say, I was, I was like spamming the dash button because I love the dash move. Yeah. And so that's I would, anytime I'd get the too. boon that would allow me to add damage to the dash, I was doing that because it's just so like, that's just fits my play style. Kept my that, attention. That's how Alex beats the game. And I don't, yeah. <laughs> he has all the dash abilities. That's the thing. Like it, not only that, but then also eventually there's a thing on the mirror of night where you can get bonus damage for having two status effects on a particular enemy. So when you get like one status effect on your attack and then another one on your dash, you apply them both at the same time as you dash strike around the enemy. And then that continues to do more and more damage basically. So, um, no, it's, there's so much awesome stuff about that game. I've still been playing it. It's kind of it's one of those things where I feel like I want to max everything out in that game in terms of like powering up uh, all the abilities and then also the the weapons as well, which is a system that you don't run into until even later in the game. But um, it's yeah. uh, it's so good. It's incredibly good. And there's still like even just a little morsel of story that I'm kind of heading towards as well, which I think is kind of the final. Oh, yeah. I mean, the narrative is cool. Everything about it's cool. It's just so... It's such a well-put-together game. I mean, Devolver just keeps putting out... It's Devolver, right? No, this one's Supergiant. Supergiant. This is the Pyre and Bastion and... Supergiant is known for that. Like, they're known... Like, they they have a distinct style of game, and it just, like... Yeah, it's awesome. Everything about it's cool. I, well, the, mu- the, the music, topic. like as soon as you dro- as soon as he drops in the first time, and that music starts, like I was like, oh fuck yeah! Like I felt, I was like grooving. I'm like, this is great. Like once just- you get through more of the game, you should watch some of those no clip episodes. I think they did like five or six episodes with the game as it develops, and some of it they even filmed uh, after the pandemic started as well. So seeing the team, because that game 1.0 six months into the pandemic, I believe. Yeah. Um, hmm. it was in early access before that. I think no, so there's a did, lot of, they did like a, didn't they do somebody did like a 20 minute speed run too, or something like that. The, the IGN guys, uh, IGN does like a developer watches speed runs thing yeah, yeah. where they make the developers watch one of the best speed runs of their game. And that one's very entertaining as well. But, um, 
with the noclip one you'll start to realize how insanely awesome Supergiant is because the dude who voices zagreus is also the main composer for the game oh really all the music yeah and he did all of the music for the previous Supergiant games like everybody there seems incredibly talented and <laughs> that's it's awesome. really really awesome but uh that stuff is up there on on no clips youtube channel for anybody who's curious to check it out they have a bunch of other stuff they were with bethesda for fallout 76 when that was going to launch and a bunch of other uh they, they've done documentaries for yeah a bunch i've of watched a handful stuff. of the no clip stuff the pandemic ugh, the pandemic pandemic the pandemic really screwed them up pandemic no they like they lost their offices and shit like the pandemic really fucked them up like they 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 kind of ground to a halt and they've been trying to figure out how to do the same thing they were doing before during the pandemic times and like dealing with like zoom calls and shit and like making sure everything sounds good because the quality of their production is awesome Mm -hmm. so hopefully they're able to like get through this all because no clip is doing some really cool stuff so they are patreon funded and they um like you said they did kind of figure out at least with the the uh, haiti stuff that i watched they were doing um they were doing like you said zoom calls with different people and they still did a few things in person that were like distanced and masked or whatever as well so i think they're they're figuring it out but yeah i i, I hope they do uh weather the storm a bit yeah so. We could see more from them. Cool. Yeah, Hades. Everybody go buy Hades. It goes on sale all the time. Mm-hmm. It's been on sale at least four times since it launched in, in like 1.0. Honestly, yeah. I, I wish I would have just spent the extra money and gotten the soundtrack because it's that cool. It is very good. Um, I am curious to see if and when they're going to announce any sort of PlayStation or Xbox because it's not on those systems yet. It's only on Switch and PC at the moment. But, you know, eventually everything Supergiant comes out everywhere, I believe. Um, yeah. So hopefully hopefully they get that going soon, because I think everybody needs to be able to play Hades. So the, uh, the, yeah, the soundtrack's available on YouTube Music, which means you can stream it anywhere if you've got a streaming service. Oh. Yeah, it's on Apple Music as well. So Yeah, that's rad. Cool. Uh, what else have you guys been playing? That's all I've played other than the medium. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, played a lot more Titanfall two. You Basically, and seven I've just other been people playing, playing a lot of uh, multiplayer games. Haven't really felt like diving too much into a single player game yet. I heard Destiny's um, in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll probably check that out again next week when the the new season starts. Or maybe a little bit before that, but I don't know. Yeah, I've kind of fallen off of that in the last couple months. I think everybody has. Basically, since Cyberpunk came out. Um, yeah, more Rainbow Six, more Forza. That's about it. I, thought I, I thought I saw you playing Forza the other night when I was sitting at my computer falling asleep. Every, every time I play that game, I have fun, and I'm like, I wish more people played it, because it'd be fun to play with, like, a larger group. I did install it. That's I haven't, cool. I haven't touched it, though. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a learning curve. Like, for me, I've just been playing those games for so long that it's pretty easy, but, like, yeah. It's still fun. You, you can put on as many assists as you need to to make it more accessible, and it just gives you less money as a payout for like the different races and stuff. If you're using more assists, so it's not really a big deal. I know they delisted Forza horizon three. Yeah. Do you know if they still sell the, the DLC, if you have it downloaded or you bought it, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Cause you can still play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's basically considered like at end of life status. So they don't sell it to anyone new well, not only that but there were like music rights issues because yeah. you could still buy horizon 2 if you wanted to but you literally can't buy horizon 3 is my understanding so uh, no you can't buy horizon 2 either i don't think. really hmm anyway uh yeah i've played we'll talk about some hitman in a second here i think we can do that ahead of our big review uh quote-unquote big review but um <laughs> i bought uh, shortly after last podcast, uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut went on sale for like $5. Uh, 
Good. Um, and I was saying that because of Cyberpunk, I kind of wanted to jump into that and see how I felt about it. Um, I haven't played too much. I mostly played through like the the intro, and I think I've started the first like main mission. Um, and yeah, it controls a little weird on PC. It's not quite modern like first person shooter controls, which is weird because it's like a PS3 and 360 game. Um, but I might have to tweak some of how it controls because I was playing with a with a controller. Um, hmm. but. You know, I think so far, just kind of from what I've gleaned, it seems like, you know, I'm interested to see, to kind of compare how deep some of the systems are compared to, like, Cyberpunk, because I feel like that's kind of what I expected them to try and head towards, and I don't really know, I didn't know what it was like in Human Revolution, so I can't really say if it was, you know, deeper than what Cyberpunk achieved or not. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see even like, I know the, the director's cut specifically addressed the fact that like in the original version of the game, you couldn't, you couldn't beat the bosses in like non-lethal ways. Um, Mm -hmm. so if you had spec'd out your character in a way that was like more hacking oriented or stealth oriented, there, there still weren't great ways to fight the bosses, but I think the director's cut supposedly addresses that type of thing. So I'm just curious to kind of compare and contrast some cyberpunky related games and um but yeah no it's it should be it should be cool. I I'm I'm excited to get a little bit deeper into it and and play a little bit more. But yeah. uh yeah. It it's really good honestly, better than the the second in that series, which was yeah. also good. It just was a it seemed like incomplete like it ended too early. We reviewed Mankind Divided when it came yeah. out back in the day, uh, and I only played a little bit of it because as I was getting into it, I was like, I feel like I want to go back and have the context of Human Revolution, and I just never did it until now. Did you so, play the old ones, like the original and Invisible uh, War? Invisible no. War? No, Not really. John had the original one. I never really touched it because um, I wasn't really into like the immersive simmy kind of games then. Oh, I uh, use cheat was... codes through the whole thing, man. <laughs> really? I think so, yeah. God, you guys suck. <laughs> I just never really... It was That was a little bit much for me. My first-person shooters back in the day there was like Team Fortress Classic, and that was about it. That was all I really cared about. <laughs> and um, I will say the first one was like more immersive than the newer ones are. Yeah. Like, system-wise, I mean, you could get your legs damaged to the point to where you could only crawl. <laughs> and stuff like that and uh, uh but i thought it was pretty amusing um it, it, overall it's like definitely a favorite of mine of all time but uh it does not hold up well in my opinion yeah, yeah I, I i don't think i could go back to those ones that's kind of why i was like i'll just see how human revolution is but um yeah you mean when graphics like it. couldn't look any better than minecraft <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely I, although I would go back and play Team Fortress Classic if there's enough people playing that. <laughs> oh, I play Team Fortress 2 for free. I don't no, want to no, play it. No. See, problem is... I know, like, it's not as good. It's not necessarily that it's not as good, because I think playing 2 Fort is good. But 2 Fort in original Team Fortress Classic, and then there was one other map that was like super long and kind of shallow in terms of like... But it was basically 2 Fort along like a longer tunnel. Uh... Oh yeah, it was that darker map, the indoor one. Yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. No, that stuff was awesome. I I loved that game. It's that it was incredible. But uh, let's break into some Hitman. Uh, so this is Hitman. Basically, Brian's playing Hitman One on the PC. I am playing the Hitman One levels in Hitman Three for PS Five. Um, so we're not really going to get deep into any like major story stuff I would imagine. Plus there's not really that much story wise in Hitman anyway. It's pretty, pretty shallow when it comes to that, but supposedly there's more in the third one though. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've said as well. But, um, I, I just wanted to say up front, uh, the idea that everything folds into Hitman three on consoles at the moment and coming to PC soon, hopefully, is pretty incredible. Like the first two games when I had them installed on the PS5 were because you have to install them in order to download the legacy packs for three. Um, 
the the fact that the first two games were like almost 150 gigabytes i think and yet the third game which includes the first two in it is only like 60 or 70 gigabytes or something like it might even be like 80 gigabytes but the fact that it has three hitman games worth of levels in it is mind-blowing man uh, it's it's incredible and Activision apparently needs to get a hold of them asap for sure, no. Like apparently, they just used a much uh, stricter compression algorithm to basically achieve that. And, I was gonna say, I, I bet that involves the faster hard drive read times and shit like I, that. I think there's some of that as well. I, I believe they probably deleted some of the redundancy that they didn't necessarily need. But then also that compression stuff kind of does the same thing too. Because um, Hitman Three is on PS5, but I think the install or PS4, but I think the install is also smaller for the older consoles as well. Because they've just done more insane compression uh, stuff. So that's really awesome. But it is a really elegant way to bring everything together. Like the fact that like you open up the menu and you can go in, you select like the locations thing and it shows you all of the locations from all of the games. Or you can go into the campaign section and it'll show you Hitman 1, 2, and 3. And then you pick which one you want to go into and it shows you the locations from that game particularly. And... You can just kind of keep scrolling through it that way. It has little tags on like sections throughout the campaign that's like you should complete this level before doing this thing. So like it kind of tells you like where you're at or you can also just be like, "No, I don't really want to play Hitman 1. I'm just going to go straight into 2 and start there." It'll just pop up the warning and say, "Hey, you should really play this first, but you can keep going if you want to." Like none yeah. of it is gated. Um it's just it's really really nice and they did they made a really slick package. And, um, and it looks, it lo- it all looks quite good as well. Even like the first, um, you know, I played some of Hitman one on my PS five, uh, and it looked really good, but in the Hitman three with like the upgrades that they've employed there, including some ray tracing and stuff like that, it also looks quite good. Um, but yeah, Brian, how, how have you been faring now that you've picked this game up a couple years after it released again? Um, well, yeah, I was like halfway through the game when I put it down for whatever reason. Uh, but like, it's, it's a little hard to get back into. I I had to get my bearings and basically restart the mission I was on and that kind of helped, but, um, it still looks pretty good. It's aged well because I I just am running Hitman one and, you know, it's native engine, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to get back to it. Like, I I found it a little difficult at first because yeah. I just kind of... Apparently, I just suck at, like, doing things stealthily in that game. <laughs> There's just the people everywhere. And it, yeah. every time you, like, you, you turn your back for a second after you've looked all around and you think nobody's around when you're trying to pick this lock and all of a sudden the stupid little, like... Sound effect starts, and you're like, "Shit, somebody's watching me!" <laughs> and and like, yeah, there's just I'm on the uh, the hotel mission that I think you just finished. Yeah, the, where's the that Bangkok like, one? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. And for one, like, I've never seen a hotel with that many staff members. Like, <laughs> especially hanging out in the service tunnels. Like, what the hell are they doing? They should all be fired. That's why uh, you don't see them in a hotel is because they're in the service tunnels. You're yeah. not allowed in the service tunnel as like a normal person. True. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble there. <laughs> no, but I, I have been in the service tunnels before, and there's not that many people hanging out. <laughs> Just so you know. Okay. It, if it's you say it's so. interesting. Like I think, uh, I think the flexibility with which you can play these games is incredible because, like, there's a lot of people that swear by the idea that like, Hey, you should turn off any HUD indicators, like just get in it and try to figure it out and do things yourself. But I, that would probably cause me a lot of anxiety. So for people like me, they just have things called story, story missions basically, or in the campaign or each level has story missions, which kind of like, you'll be walking past a group of people and you'll hear them talking and it'll pop up like Intel being revealed or something like that. And you Mm -hmm. can listen to them talk and it'll give you some sort of in with one of the two targets for that stage or one of the, one of the particular uh, objectives for that stage. And so 
I kind of like doing that where I just kind of like tour around the level pretty quickly and kind of see how many of those things I can pick up on and which ones I think are the funniest to do. And then I'll just pick one of those and I'll follow the HUD, the HUD indicators and mission stuff through that. Cause I just feel like right now I'm just trying to like warm up to the game and figure out how things work and really where the limitations are. And then I can come back later and you can like increase your mastery for each level, which is like, as you complete different challenges in that level or kill people in different ways, you unlock the ability to kind of like start in different locations or smuggle in items in different places that you Mm -hmm. can go and pick up as agent 47 or even start with like a particular costume, which will get you access to a certain level of like the rooms at the location, that type of thing. Um, It's just really genius how like, I, I, it baffles me as to how they would even like come up with the design for this game because there's so many different things that they've considered of like, you know, you need this level of access for this room up here and you would need to have any of these types of costume in order to get there or only this one costume to get up there, that kind of thing. It's just, I don't understand their brains work on a different level than mine. Cause that stuff just seems like they do a great job of like considering realistic expectations of like security levels for these types of places. And I think it's really great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I played through, I don't know how many levels before I realized that a lot of them have security cameras. Yeah. Because if you play on like a, if you do like a challenge or a contract or whatever that has um, certain stipulations, like one of them will be, if you are seen by cameras, you have to destroy the footage. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, and that's cool. Like, I'm I'm really interested more in like just banging out the the main story of it, and then going back and like yeah, tackling it in different ways. Because the replayability is what I'm mostly interested in. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, each of these games has like six locations in it, basically. Yeah. And so they had they they made sixty dollars worth of content out of these six locations. Then on top of that, there's like live game stuff where they're putting out new contracts in these different locations each week as well. So it's kind of crazy to me that like, there's so much of this game that I haven't even touched the surface of yet, including like the escalations, which give you very specific, like new targets that weren't the story targets in a level, but have certain requirements. Like Brian was saying, like not being seen on cameras or using certain items to murder people. Um, so that's, that should be pretty cool. Uh, Alan's asking if anybody's looking forward to murdering people in VR for Hitman 3. Um, no, man, we're not psychopaths. I mean, maybe. So, the PS5 version comes with a code that you can use to download the PS4 version, because that's how you have to play the PSVR version of the game. Um, I don't really necessarily know that I want to do that, because I've heard that it's a little bit kind of ridiculous. And also, I told Gojo that if he really wants to play it, he can just borrow my stuff. So, I might hand it over to him and get his thoughts on how it how it plays but um, i think you should also film him playing the game if he yeah, does play it the only thing that really sucks in my opinion is the fact that like they don't use the the move controllers there's no motion control other than like <sighs> some controller motion control which isn't that great does gojo um, put on a suit and tie when he plays hitman <laughs> i don't know but he should i hope so <laughs> i'm pretty Honestly. sure he's been agent 47 for halloween before so <laughs> yeah this should be a, a room scale VR game where you like have to stoop over and start dragging the bodies like you do in the game. Hundred percent, yeah. Then I'd be interested. <laughs> he's got, he's got like hundred fifty pound more. duffel bags in his like living room, like dragging them. <laughs> be a good workout. Or you can use like the the uh, index controllers, which can like tell how hard you're gripping to like pull the wire on the person's neck in order to actually. Oh, that's kind of realistic. Yeah, let's I you That's know crazy. go full tilt if you're gonna do anything. Or, yeah. You know if you're gonna throw a cue ball at somebody. You, you... <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to. I want to pick up a suitcase and just chuck it, and then have it home in on the person that I was trying to hit anyway, because that's the way that game works sometimes. <laughs> but. Throwing objects at people's heads in that game is some of the most hilarious shit. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Honestly, uh, like I think the. F- the most entertaining part of it for me so far, because I suck at it, is just how horribly wrong things can go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was trying to fix a problem the other day, and I ended up with about six witness bodies in my hotel room. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I could still pull this off, and it didn't work out. Watching things spiral out of control is is quite good in, in these Hitman games when when people are streaming them. So I think that's pretty good. I hate um, that. Those that kind of shit gives me anxiety, man. <laughs> that's the thing is watching somebody else do it is good, but doing it myself, I I'm I'm kind of more of a save scrubber where I'm like I'm gonna save right now, and then if anything goes really bad, I'm just gonna reload it. Yeah, my only can... complaint about that is if you are a save scrubber, it's not save scrubber friendly. At least not the first one for PC. If because like if you manually save your game, it doesn't like put your last manual save first in like Yeah, the, it doesn't organize them. It, yeah. it doesn't organize them. It's so confusing sometimes. I know it's yeah, like I just a, have... a nitpicky thing, but for someone that needs to reload their game a lot, it's kind of a pain <laughs> in the ass. I get it. I just use the first four and I rotate through them. But I I would have the same issue if you know if I wasn't like paying close attention to what I was reloading. But no, I'm looking forward to playing more Hitman and uh, and hopefully getting into some of the stuff in Hitman Three because I've heard some cool things about it. So yeah, cool word. Welcome to the ad spot for role playing and role playing natural play Dungeons and Dragons podcast based in the Midwest. We like to have a lot of fun, some laughs, and definitely a lot of character development too. So feel free to check us out on Spotify and anywhere podcasts are really available. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rroleplaying, which is spelled R-O-L-L. It's like a play on words. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. You guys want to talk about the medium? Yeah. Let's do sure. it. Sure. All right. The medium is a psychological horror game developed by Bloober Team, and it was released for Windows and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, it has a really cool split screen mechanic that really utilizes those fast load times that these new consoles have on them. Um, yeah, this game should be titled the mediocre and <laughs> it's really boring. Did you, you did play some of it? I played a couple hours. Yeah, but I okay. just could not get into it, man. Um, we should vo- say we're all playing on PC None yes. of us have Series X or S. All playing on PC. Uh, but we all have 380s. We all have 380s. It's really... Um, it runs fine on my computer, but the game itself is just not fun. I don't know. It definitely... Uh, like it, it feels like Resident, like old Resident Evil, which is cool. Like That's a cool like aspect of it. The atmosphere is cool. It looks pretty. The music is really obnoxious, in my opinion. I probably should have just turned it off completely. Um... <laughs> The voice acting sucks like hard. Like it is so bad. Like it's like it's like a bad reading of an audiobook is what it sounds like. It doesn't like and it's the same like it's just yeah, it's just not good. Not good at all. Um but I was saying like I do I do like the split screen mechanic idea. I think that's really cool. It's very much a uh what's different in these photos kind of game like between them. It's in yeah, and it's it's rendering the two environments at once. Like it's showing you what the normal world environment looks like and then like a Constantine Hell version of the environment on the other side of the screen. And so it actually renders both of those at the same time, which is why there are some performance issues for some of us at least. Um also some of the ray tracing stuff too. But you should explain that the character herself is a medium and she yes. can see these two worlds is the yep. whole plot of the game essentially. Um, yeah, and and it seems as though the game is is her helping spirits that are lingering in yeah. the normal world to move on basically. Yeah, it's like six cents the video game. Yes. Yeah. But it's not as good as the first M Night Shyamalan breakout hit. <laughs> It's just not a, it's not, I do not like this game. (laughs) Maybe I didn't play it long enough. That's entirely possible, but for real, like, I don't know. Like there's something the music was just constant is what it felt like. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I I honestly didn't remember the the music. music. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's extremely unremarkable, like in general, like it's just not, the music's just like whatever. But the fact that it was like constantly going like I felt like it had like this pulsingness to it, like this drive that was completely unnecessary because nothing was fucking happening. Like it was <laughs> just like I'm like, why is the music so intense right here? It's not like there are even scary shadows or anything. I was literally just feeding a cat in a fucking apartment. Like, 
I is honestly, that as far as you got? No, no, I got I got into the Neva or whatever place. The the, the resort. resort. Yeah, but it's just yeah. so boring. I just I couldn't do it, man. I do, I will say like the the funeral home sequence where she's going back up the stairs and you see the shadow figure scared the shit out of me. I, I was, was like, pretty, fuck this that's, game. So that's the thing. I think the beginning of this game sets up something that could be really promising, and I was hoping for a Resident Evil like experience, like the fixed camera angles that this game uses very much invoke what was old school Resident Evil, and um, to see that in something with much more modern graphics and you know, it, it almost made me think like, man, it would be really interesting for them to go back and do Resident Evil 1 and 2 again in this style. Um, but the problem is, is that this game never really like, at least in the first four or so hours that I've played, which I believe would be like a third to half of the way through the game. Um, the game, it doesn't really escalate to having that much gameplay. Like there's some kind of puzzle ish elements that you're doing as you walk around and you're finding items and you kind of move them around to find where like the, the terror in them is to like, yeah, the echoes hear the, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. To hear the echo or the history of that item and figure out more about like what happened in this resort place. Like all of that's okay. But then it's either that or you're like running from a monster that, you know, is going to kill you if it sees you or if you stop for one second too long. Like, I'm curious to see if any of those, like, monster encounters later in the game actually go anywhere, but I feel like because I'm already, like, a third of the way to halfway through the game, I feel as though I mechanically understand most of what's in this game, and I don't see it going anywhere that would be as satisfying as, like, a Resident Evil. But, Brian, what are your thoughts? I I, I guess this may be a minor spoiler, but... I don't care because I feel like none of us are going to return to this game. So if you're listening and you don't want to know anything about this game three hours in or whatever, don't listen. But there is another like boss mechanic where the boss is in the like the real world. Yeah. The living realm and the boss is invisible. And the mechanic is to hold your breath. Yep. And it yeah. is infuriating because you just don't really have any indication as to when it's a good idea to do that and when it's not or when you're about to run out of breath. Mm-hmm. And that's where I quit. Also, it's kind of terrifying in a way <laughs> to be stock- stalked by an invisible being that is actually like rendered very well. Like the shimmer effect is like really... It, it's like movie quality, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, That's the thing. I think I think the game looks great. I think they establish a mood very well. I think they make things nice and creepy. But I, I don't necessarily, like... I just don't think it goes quite far enough for... Like, I, I don't know that there's enough game there for me to really care about it. And if yeah. I would have paid $60 or whatever this game is retail. I don't actually know. I should probably look. I think it's up. like I think it's 49.99. I could be wrong. Okay. Though. So 49.99 whatever it is. Like we played this game because we have Xbox Game Pass subscriptions and and this game came out on that. Um if I would have paid full price for this game, I think I would have been massively disappointed and I probably would have been committed to playing more of it even if I wasn't enjoying it. Whereas right now I feel like yeah. with Game Pass, I can pick it up, play a little bit and if I don't like it, I put it down and I only lost the time that I put into it. The only other thing that I'll say is that for me PC-wise, it did I did run into some performance troubles. Like it's I I don't know Brian didn't have anywhere near as much trouble as I did at all, but there was some kind of like performance hitchiness with some of the ray tracing. And I think kind of pulling that down a little bit and enhance, like moving some of the DLSS implementation up kind of allowed me to get a better frame rate, but I was having points still, even after making those adjustments where I would go from say 70 frames per second down to 17 frames per second. And I don't necessarily know why. Um, but yeah, it's, I I definitely didn't have that experience. I only I had a frame rate dip going into the split world. It would drop like ten frames, and it would because I was running at constant sixty normally. But as soon as the split screen came up, it would drop to fifty, 
Um, it wasn't enough to impair the the play of the game, though. It still felt fine. But I'm kind of like I feel the same way. Like I, I guess like I wish this. I, I didn't get into any of the encounters yet necessarily, so I don't know how dealing with the monster is. But I feel like if this game would have just dove headfirst into being strictly a puzzle game and the puzzles were yes. more more plentiful and mm-hmm. just like just more of them in general and maybe a little more exciting of some in some sort like that would be cool and i would have been all about that but i think because it's trying to do too many things maybe that it just doesn't quite work because you can't concentrate on any single thing I don't know. Like I, I just, I yeah. would, I would have rather I, there been more puzzles. I, yeah. I agree. I definitely feel like my intelligence is being insulted because their idea of a puzzle is like find an item that's ten feet away from another item, <laughs> combine them, and then your inventory is empty again. Yeah, it's like yep. that's not what I'm used to. Like, but then again, I've been playing like Lucas Arts graphic adventures my whole life and well, stuff like that. Well, yeah, so. and, and it's funny because the the game kind of does like even with like the first hidden object that you have to like search for in in your in your your adopted father's apartment or whatever you're trying to find this tie clip and like instead in in a normal old school puzzle game point and click adventure of this sort you would literally go around the room and click every object and try and find this fucking thing but in this I game mean, that's kind of archaic now too but it is a good but it isn't ground. like if but wouldn't like i think it would be more interesting to have to go through like his apartment and like pick up more lore of like what the hell's going on and like what the history yeah. was, was between uh what's her marianne is her name right yep between yep. her and Jack, like just to be like, okay, what was their history? Like, how did he know she was something special or whatever the hell? Blah blah blah. But instead, it's like, hey, just hold the shoulder button. We'll show you exactly where that shit is. And then you're just like, <laughs> well, she's fuck. got these like, she's got some sick medium abilities that helps her locate tie clips that are yeah, hidden. Yeah, she doesn't have clock, time to fucking you know? search through everything. She's yeah, it, it just would have been. And, and I'm sitting there like, even as you're going to the Neva uh, resort or whatever, and you're following those like you know, ghost footsteps or whatever the hell I'm like, I would have much rather just, if you would have just let me explore, I don't need, like, I don't need that. Like that tomb Raider, where's the puzzle button like thing. Like I need, I don't want that in games. Don't, don't tell me where the shit is like straight up. Let me find it. Give me a reason to look around and like, and, and just get engrossed in the world that I'm in that you created. Like, Honestly, that that part was like a letdown in general because there's maybe like one spot you can turn off, so like a, a dead end in that path. Yeah. You can just literally just run from one end to the other without even hitting that button, and you can easily find your way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it's it's very it was very. There, there were a couple there were a couple of branching paths off that initial spot because okay, one of them was like. Bad. One of them was a uh, uh, like a memorial to like World War Two something or other. Another one was like a a grave site, I think, if I recall correctly. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there's a couple. They're just that's the thing is like I I'm sitting here like oh I need to play this game for the podcast and like I'm not really exploring as much as I should, but I felt compelled to like look around and I feel like if I didn't have that medium ability, maybe I would have spent the time looking around more and like becoming more engrossed in the world. And I feel like when you give people that, because again, it's not the only game that has that, like every game, every game with puzzles in it has that shit in it. Now all the tomb Raider games have it in it. Now fucking, uh, what else? There's a bunch of games that do that kind of shit. Uh, oh, Assassin's Creed has like some kind of thing the like Witcher. that. Yeah. The Witcher, like all these games have that kind of shit. It's even fucking cyberpunk for fuck's sake. Like stop doing that. Nobody yeah. wants that ability. Yeah. I'm gonna Brian use your medium ability and shut that cat up. I wish <laughs> the cat's trying to tell you there's a ghost that you need to deal yeah. with. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, this is one of those things where it's like as they start to fill out the game pass like service. Like, are there worse ways that you could spend? Like, I think this game's like maybe eight hours long, is what I read on how mm-hmm. long to beat, I believe. And it's like, are there worse ways for you to spend eight hours? Probably. You could play like Fortnite, and that'd be terrible. But I mean, if, it, yeah, if like, it's only eight know. hours, maybe I'll keep trucking and just see where it goes. But like, I'm, the puzzle might the be good. Or I, mean, I not think the, the story. Sorry. 
I think that I would have continued with this game if I didn't run into the technical problems that I did. And I, if I hear that they like patched the PC version to be a little bit more optimized, I might go back to it. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I pro- I still would have been playing it to be able to talk about it here rather than playing it because I like really enjoyed the story. Like, I think some of it's kind of interesting, but it, it's just not quite hitting on all the cylinders that I want it to. So, you know, I think if you have Game Pass... You're really hurting for something to play. Uh, you really want to see some pretty looking stuff on your new Xbox. Sure. But other than that, you know, I, I, I can't really recommend it. That's the thing is like, it's like, I, I want to be excited about it because it's like the, it's Microsoft kind of exclusive. You know, they got an exclusive game. Yeah. I want to be pumped yep. for them about this, but this, you put this next to demon souls and you, like, what's the fucking point? Like, you know what I yeah. mean? I don't know. Yep. Like, I wanted to be excited about this game, and I, I, the the premise is pretty cool. I do kind of dig like the story so far, um, but yeah, I just uh, I don't know, man. I'm just not. It, it's just a little bit of a letdown. I was hoping for more, but yeah, if it's only eight hours long, I might give it. A, I might try and finish it out and see what happens. We should say Bluebird Team has like less than a hundred, a hundred employees, you know, and so I'm. It's it's hard to like really put that small of a team to shame for anything like this because I think I think as it came together, it's very pretty. I think there's a lot of promise for like the way that the game plays, but I just wish that there was it was a little bit deeper in mechanics and and a little more compelling story wise. So, mm-hmm. right, right on, cool. So don't Next buy the time. medium. Play it on Game Pass if you have it already. Don't yeah. get Game Pass just to play the medium. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to pay the ten dollars on Game Pass because you've if you've liked other Bloober Team games, I guess, and you want to check this out, ten bucks for Game Pass on PC to play this isn't that bad. But, yeah. Oh, you know. I I do want to mention too, um, the game, the models, like the the main character Marianne. I I don't remember what I was doing. I was looking at something, and she just looked so dead inside because her face has like zero emotion. Like she's just. Mm-hmm like eyes wide like she doesn't <laughs> blink like nothing like games nowadays need to have a little more life to the character model maybe well and they even kind of like sidestep that problem with a lot of the the ghosts because they just give them these like porcelain masks yeah. instead of like having any sort of facial animation which i think is a really clever way to deal with that kind of thing for sure it makes them kind of creepier too oh they're absolutely like, like that first scene with jack i was like uh is he going to, like, yeah. rip that thing off and show us what he really looks like? Because that would be fucking scary, I bet. But that means that with, like, Marianne and somebody who should technically be emoting, like, the idea that they don't really have the capacity to deal with that on their smaller team of people. Yeah. You know, it's not. this isn't The Last of Us where they have hundreds of animators working on Ellie's but, face to show make, her emotions. But Make him blink or something. Or, like, I think the main <laughs> thing, when it's it, what stuck out to me was I, there's that scene in the beginning where you're going along uh, a, a small ledge and, like, you have to touch the light thing or whatever to absorb the light power. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. When she's, when she's shimmying along that ledge, like, she's literally just looking to the side. She's not, lo- like, you would be looking down at your feet, and like seeing, making sure you've got the right footing to go along this ledge, but she's literally just like her head's turned to the side and she's just shimmying along a ledge and like her eyes are wide open. And I, and I was just like, I can't like, just, I know I'm nitpicking now too, but like, I was just, I was like, man, like, give me like, be a little more realistic in this sense, more, a like, little more animation. Yeah. You, yeah. Again, just just looking down at her feet where I wouldn't even notice her eyes are wide open. If she were yeah. just looking down at her feet, it would have felt like not as ridiculous to me. She just kind of looked like a doll. Like it wasn't like, I don't know. Movements were stiff. I could have used more fluidity. Uh, a marionette? Yes. Ha ha ha. Fucking comedian over here. <laughs> Hey, Kevin, I heard you're looking for a new video game podcast. I am looking for a new video game podcast. I'm looking for one with these specific parameters. Frequent Dark Souls comparisons, whining about frame rate, and detailed analysis of how fast or slow your character is in the game. Do you have that for me? Oh, boy. I have just the podcast for you. It's called Jump Crouch, and you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or any podcaster. You can also go to jumpcrouch.com to see more. That sounds like the plan for me. All right. 
let's go through some news. Something quick here. God of War 2018 has received an enhanced performance experience for PlayStation 5. Uh, that includes 4K resolution and 60 frames per second, which is extremely exciting. I It, it makes me want to go back and check out the game a little bit so that I can see some of the improvement, but seeing that game, like I remember experiencing some slowdowns for that game on PlayStation pro, um, PlayStation four pro, but I think it'll really sing on PS five. So I might go back and check that out. Plus it's free for anybody who has you PlayStation plus should also check out days gone. Yeah. I've heard that the, they, that game also has some enhancements for PS five and I did play a little bit of it. I think, uh, when, when it originally came out, but now that I've heard that it's been enhanced a little bit, I might check it out. A little I kind of want to go back and play that to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, all right. Some big news this week in that Google Stadia is shutting down their internal studios and kind of changing their business focus. Uh, we're looking at the article from Steven Totillo on Kotaku. Um, so yeah, what uh, Google with Stadia, obviously the streaming service that we've talked about several times, uh, they were they had a bunch of studios that were making games for the service, kind of exclusives. Uh, they even had Jade Raymond, who was one of the bigger names behind Assassin's Creed for Ubisoft when it first came out, um, came to to Google to work at one of their internal studios and has apparently left the company or is leaving the company. Um, but Stadia itself is sticking around. The $10 Pro service will still be there. They're also going to bring more third-party releases to the platform. Um, but it sounds like they're also trying to offer this to publishers for kind of this being stadia could be like streaming service for publishers to kind of serve their games up to players or, you know, people that are, are, uh, play testing games, you know, digitally, that type of thing. So, uh, there's a lot of people out there bringing a lot of doom and gloom to the situation. Obviously, it's not like the greatest news for Stadia if they're shutting down their internal efforts for it. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to go that far yet because I think the service is going to stick around. I think they're going to keep working on it. But um, it's it's a bit of a bummer to to see that they're not they didn't quite get behind it as far as as they could. Uh, and that's what some of the quotes in the story say as well. Like there just wasn't that much funding for some of these these efforts going forward in, in terms of the games that they were developing. But, uh, I don't know, John, you have any thoughts? I, I mean, I just personally think it was a mistake for them to have studios to begin with. I think they could, should have just focused on, like, getting big-name games on the platform right off the bat, which they did okay with. The, you know, they partnered with Ubisoft right off the bat. Um, you know, they Cyberpunk's on it, and cyber, it's apparently it. the best platform to play Cyberpunk on. Like, yeah. so... But if they would have focused on that right off the get-go, I think they would have been fine. Um, it should have been a more gradual kind of like ramp up to like eventually having their own studios, right? I guess yeah, the only well, problem I mean, is it, would have, it should have just been where they're, instead of having their own studios, maybe they work with these bigger companies to like pick, cherry pick exclusives instead, exclusives. you know? Yeah. yeah. Much like what Microsoft does or like, I don't know if you had the article about Sony basically buying into Bluepoint, but like they're like. Did, I, did we add? Did I add that to the thing? I don't think I saw that in the thing, but I I do think I heard about yeah, it. Yeah, so, Sony basically is now a shareholder in, in Bluepoint, I think, or something yeah. to that effect. So like, you, there you go. You've got a company that makes some of the best remakes of all time. Uh, now is is like an exclusive company for Sony. Like they're not. You're never going to see Bluepoint do anything for anybody else at this point. I suppose they're pretty much Sony exclusive to to begin with. But they, it's like they could have gone two different ways about it. They could have either. Um, ramped up to it and eventually gotten to the point where they make internal studios or they could have done the Microsoft acquisition game where they're like, we're just going to buy all these studios and right. they're going to make things for us now. Um, and they didn't do either of those. They kind of tried to, and I guess it makes sense to me. Like if you want to put faith behind this product that you're making, making studios to make games for it, I think is a good thing. But the fact that they're giving up on it a few months or just a year or so into the game it doesn't bode that well. Right. Yeah. But any any other thoughts, Brian? Nope. Yeah, they still don't have uh, Stadia working on normal Chromecasts yet, is my understanding. Um, so hopefully they'd start working towards that, too. But, yeah. 
Um, the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, I believe it is called, is uh, it just received a release date, which is buried somewhere in this article, I would assume. Maybe not. Brian, do you know what it is? <laughs> I want to say it was like May or June. Uh, this is some good radio. Why isn't this just like readily apparent? I definitely yeah. read a release date when I read the yep. article. Yeah, I people oh, were May, thinking May. it go was up, March. Okay. <laughs> really good radio. Did I miss it again? May 14th. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's coming out May 14th. It includes Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. They've done a bunch of uh, remastering work. So you can see in this Polygon story, uh, they have kind of sliders with the way that things are going to look. The way they looked previously on the Xbox and the way that they're they're going to look on the new consoles. Um, and yeah, Thane Krios, uh, seems a lot more scaly now, which is cool. Um, but yeah, the only other thing is that there's this kind of companion article in terms of what is missing from Mass Effect or these remasters. Um, so it sounds like that they're not doing some of the DLC, uh, because they lost the source, uh, source code for these DLCs, which is baffling to me but that's crazy yeah for for games that came out at a studio that is still functioning <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's a bummer that they would lose out on something like that but then also the uh multiplayer that was in mass effect 3 which nobody asked for but was actually pretty cool um yeah. is not going to be in this collection so that's kind of a bummer um but getting all three Mass Effect games in one package on new systems uh, and remastered, I think, is very cool. And uh, I'm pretty excited for it. It'd be a good this, opportunity to play through those again. Yeah, it would be a great opportunity for me to actually finish the first one and then play the other two. <laughs> mm-hmm. You never played them at all? Nope. I did not. I, th- I think we might have to shut this podcast down for a while until <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Because no, well, you're as well really wait. cheating yourself. You might as well wait until this comes out, you know? Yeah. You True. can do a yeah, full, well, yeah. full review of this. And as we'll cover, there's no other video games coming out this year, so... <laughs> um, they're doing some other stuff, too, that's interesting. Like, they did some quality of life improvements to Mass Effect 1 to good. bring it more in line with the other two. That's good. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. Like... I think they they didn't really tweak the Mako too much, but they made it a little more user friendly, I guess. <laughs> Which I don't. I mean, I hope there's like an old Mako physics option because <laughs> I, I mastered that shit, and I don't really want it to change, even though it was terrible. Can I use <laughs> a uh, Can I use a driving wheel to, to drive know. the Mako in this version? You, you can now use a controller to yeah, play it. You on have to PC, use a Connect, which you could not. <laughs> connect. Connect. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and the specific DLC that is missing was developed by another studio. So they lost the source code. Uh, why would they not have their own copy at Bioware? I don't know. But um, yeah. this is the Pinnacle Station DLC, yeah, it, which was uh, for the first Mass Effect. I yeah, it wasn't a story DLC, I don't think. But I could be wrong. There were a couple missions, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, according to the masseffect.fandom.com wiki um but yeah so that's a bummer but it's not like they're missing uh you know the character dlcs from mass effect 2 or 3 basically yeah, like those it'll are be all nice. awesome it'll be nice to also play mass effect 3 with all of the dlc in it regardless of whether or not you've purchased it because the the uh one of the character dlcs from mass effect 3 was like it massively enhanced the lore of the game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited for this. It should be cool. It'll be nice to revisit those games. So, it It's pretty sad. I think I'm looking forward to this more than most of the new releases this year. That is a bummer. But there's not that many other new releases this year. True. Um, Apex Legends is coming to Switch in March, which is fun. Uh, finally, taking a little bit of time. But, uh, you know... Good to have these multi-platform battle royale games on all the systems. Yeah. C- good to have the option to play that instead of garbage Fortnite. But yes, whatever. yeah. So that's cool. 
Um, a GoldenEye Xbox remaster leaked on the internet and is fully playable on PC. This is a, a Rare developed this game, and they're the ones that developed the original N64 game. Uh, but it got canceled due to developmental rights hell. But not developmental hell, but like rights hell with, you know, the fact that Rare and Nintendo and Microsoft and the James Bond owners were all involved and had a stake in this particular property. Um, but yeah, this is like a final version of the game is basically up and available elsewhere on the internet and you have the ability it's like the mass effect or no excuse me it's like the um the halo remake or remaster the anniversary collection where you can hit a button and it will take you back to the old graphics as well that's sweet um, which is pretty rad so uh if you're into checking out uh legally questionable things on the internet (laughs) put in a google search and uh see if you can find it we're not going to tell you where, but it's out there. Yep. Um, Sony has a stake in Kadokawa Corporation, which is the owners of From Software, who are the developers of Dark Souls and Demon Souls games. Uh, this is from GamesIndustry.biz. Once again, like like with what John was saying with Bluepoint, and uh, Sony even has like a little bit of a stake in Epic now too, I believe. Um, I don't know that this means that like. From software games will be exclusive to PlayStation platforms from here on out. Um, but it at least kind of shows you this difference in investment strategy where Sony's just kind of like, we'll give you some money to continue making things nice for us. Whereas Microsoft is like, we're going to spend lots of money on buying studios. Um, I'm really looking forward to that Kingsfield remake. That would be pretty rad. Uh, yeah, the... There's a quote in this article from gamesindustry.biz. The deal has been made to enable the, quote, creation, development, and acquisition, end quote, of new IP, as well as, quote, maximize the value of the abundant IP that Katakawa currently owns, end quote. So, uh, fingers crossed for Kingsfield. Oh, they're crossed. (laughs) I would like Um, to see what that game's like. Yeah, no, I've been meaning to pull it out and at least make a ROM copy that I could email to John so that he could play it on a PlayStation emulator. It's it's like uh it's like Skyrim on steroids. If the steroids make the frame rate way slower and uh look And a the lot enemy worse. is more powerful. Yeah, and terrifying. And unforgiving. Polygon reports that Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake has been delayed indefinitely. Uh it was due out in March as we covered in our previous episode, but it is no longer coming out uh in March, uh, they are not giving a date, which is probably for the best because who knows how long it will take them as they weather the pandemic. But uh, just a bummer because I really like that game and I was curious to see how the remake turned out. So it looked like shit when they showed that one video of it. It did not look great. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they're going to take more time to make it look a bit better. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I love the game enough that like just being able to play it on a modern console would maybe be enough for me. So. And then in terms of other games not coming out in 2021, Activision Blizzard says that Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 will not be released this year. Uh, I don't know that they were ever slated to actually come in 2021, but Blizzard just confirming that they won't be out this year. So, lots of weird stuff going on with Activision Blizzard, like the acquisition of Vicarious Visions, which I think we covered on the last episode. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're like kind of close to spiraling out of control (laughs) every every company everywhere is just kind of pivoting and restructuring and doing all kinds of shit to survive right now so who who knows Mm -hmm. what is the name of the mobile diablo game uh diablo immortals i think or something diablo immortal i feel like um i feel like there was kind of good so that could still be something coming out this year, but I feel like there was some good buzz coming off of that, which is not necessarily mm-hmm. what people expected. Um, so that's kind of cool. And then they're also working on the Diablo 2 remaster that we talked about last uh, last week, or last episode. So they'll still have some stuff potentially coming out this year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's sad that they're not the Blizzard that we once knew and loved. So. Yep. But that's all we got for news this week. Cool. Yeah. Kind of like a normal length episode this time, I suppose. Yeah. 
Yeah, but get excited for video game quiz show. It'll be out next week for non-Patreon subscribers, but it'll be worth it to subscribe this week to hear it tomorrow. Indeed. Uh, I think it'll be a good time. We'll see. Either that or it's going to be a complete train wreck. We're going to find out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If, uh, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom K, I'm sorry, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for their <laughs> contributions. All the Ks. Uh, one of the perks of joining the Patreon is to get early access to the bonus episodes we call side quests. We're, again, as Alex mentioned, we will be doing video game trivia uh, coming up here and uh, as always we do appreciate feedback which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher we are twitch affiliates you can use your free prime subscription that you get from amazon prime because everybody has amazon prime in a pandemic and uh, you can give us that free subscription it'd be awesome on twitch think about it next time what's next time what's coming out anything oh that's a good question i don't remember and I didn't look it up like I normally do. I don't think anything big's coming out in two weeks. I could be totally wrong, though. Listen to our previous episode, and we'll probably tell you what we might be covering if it's still coming out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but uh, I'm I'm sure I'll be playing more uh, Hitman, so hopefully eventually I'll catch up to Hitman, Hitman 3. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's uh, Destruction All Stars came out and was free on PS5. So John, you and I should probably check that out. Yeah, and apparently they have that. a year and a half's worth of additional content already lined up. Yeah, so that sounds pretty pretty cool. Um, and then Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury is coming out for Switch, which oh, did, I was considering. But did you up. did you snag Man Eater on PS5? I did. I haven't I haven't touched okay. it yet, but um, we should probably check I that do out. Have it. That would be good. But yeah, there's nothing too crazy going on, so we'll figure something out. It could, it might be a good time to do our uh, our video game music discussion with Nick. So yeah, we'll there you go. Hmm. Cool. So, anyways, stay tuned for that and uh, join the Patreon so you can get early access to this awesome video game trivia that we're about to dive into. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>